0: Bare midriff, exposed shoulders, wind blowing across your nips. Cover yourself up, if you want to, with Second Wind shirts. For a reason we can't legally discuss, our artists have had a little free time, so they've come up with brand new designs for our brand new channel and mostly new shows. Fully Ramblamatic, Design Delve, Cold Take, and the Second Wind itself. It's some kind of bird. Act fast because some of these designs are only available for a limited time. We've partnered with Shark Robot to make the shopping experience as easy as possible. Because let's be honest, life is hard sometimes. One day you're happy and working and the next day you're called into a meeting and HR is there and you're just fine. Head to sharkrobot.com second dash wind or click on the link in the description to check out all of our shirts today. And I think there's a desk pad too. That's fun. Hello, everyone.
1: Uh, welcome to the Windbreaker Podcast, last one of the year, actually. So, oh uh, yeah, crazy. I'm Yarzik I'm joined by Marty Sliver. Welcome, and the Ginger Pan Man, uh, Sebastian Ruiz.
2: That's good. That oh, that caught me. That awkward. is Lovely. really good. Welcome, everyone.
1: Have you seen? Have you ever seen the Ginger Dead Man? No, is no. that a horror, a horror? Is that a spooky film? A spook up Yeah, it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek, low-budget horror movie with... Oh. um. Who's the famous actor they got for that? Who's yeah. the one with big teeth?
2: Gary uh, Busey? That's the one. Wow.
3: Yeah. he's the one he's, with big teeth! Yeah, well, he's got the mightiest
2: yeah. teeth. Well, there's another I'd one, still. but
4: I don't know him, yeah.
1: See, I was trying to think, like, oh, it, the dude whose son was in Starship Troopers. I also had big teeth.
4: Yeah, Jake Busey, also big teeth.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we've got a handy-dandy list of things to plug before we start. Oh, my gosh. And uh, if I were a professional, I'd have already brought it up, but uh, (laughs) that's on me. Uh, Has any of you guys got it up? Oh, yeah, of course.
4: (laughs) Uh, He's got it. Yeah, just to let uh, everyone know, as you know, um, at Second Wind, we are uh, primarily funded by incredible viewers like yourself. Um, so we appreciate everyone who's already subscribed to the Patreon. And if you haven't, uh, give it a look, uh, every little bit helps. Uh, if you, if you toss $5 a month, you get access to multiple Darren columns every week. And let me tell you, Darren Mooney, just a, a wild man, a genuine wild man. Um, incredible takes on, uh, Wonka. He's got Godzilla minus one. He's going to have all sorts of Oscar talks. He's talking about a 24. He's going to have, uh, New studio Ghibli thoughts, and then of course, uh, thank you so much for your super chats, your donos, uh, and if you are going to donate uh, anything, um, you know maybe higher than than your your standard fifty dollars or anything, consider doing it through PayPal. If only because uh, PayPal takes a far less of a cut, I think zero of a cut compared to google which takes a little bit of a cut because johnny google's got to eat uh and then of course we have our merch store um going right now so if you if you uh maybe in time for the holiday want to sneak in a little little shirt merch a little, little mug merch um, oh merch my god Incredible.
1: oh man why is no one as prepared as frost it for this is very prepared
0: for
4: This is shockingly prepared. And he cut the full screen. Incredible. Uh, And then, of course, um, yeah, we currently have our funding goal. It's not up right now because we're still trying to figure out how the funding goal works between the two channels. But we are currently funding for Adventurous Nigh Season 4 on location, filming in the spring. Um, We have the full rights to Adventurous Nigh back. It is very exciting. uh, uh, Season 4. And we're we're already like over a tenth to our goal. And our goal's only been up for like a handful of days. So thank you guys so much. All donors are going towards that.
1: Yes, if you didn't uh, catch it on Saturday, we've started re-releasing uh, season three. It, that'll be going out every Saturday until uh, that season is over. Uh, but that's enough plugging. Let's, uh, let's discuss the topic for this week, because uh, with the new year arising, let's, uh, we thought we could go into it with, with an air of positivity and talk about what gaming's going to do to fix itself.
2: Is, is what? that positive? They're like like, here, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> it's as positive as I get.
4: That's yeah, true. Sure. That's true. I mean, yeah, let's, figured- not,
1: let's not dwell on the grim past. Let's talk about uh, the hopes that we have for the future.
4: Yeah, I feel like, you know, 20, 2023, I think a lot of people think was a very good year for games, a pretty crummy year for the people who make games. But moving to 2024, let's try to see what, what can this industry do to sort of, to sort of uh, right the ship? What sort of positive lessons well, can we take? Double down on the good things, uh, uh, avoid the bad things. What can we do going into next year?
1: Well, for my part, I think what the industry does needs to do is more of what it's currently doing. I think we're on a positive uh, projected path in a lot of ways. Oh, uh, largely, well, more people. Uh, well, besides all that, but uh, largely because of... Am I blowing the mic out of it? I can never tell how close to put the mic to my mouth, because if I don't put it really close. People complain that I'm too quiet.
4: I, I go tongue-length. I, I try to lick my mic at the beginning of every podcast. Wow. Okay.
1: Because uh, okay. Um, what I've been feeling positive about is the general rejection of the live service model. And there's a reason why uh, Suicide Squad is on the thumbnail this week, because mm-hmm. uh, the most positive memory I have for the, from the whole year uh, is the reaction to the Suicide Squad gameplay reveal everyone was like, where well, nobody was like, hey, that could be good. Everyone was like, What the fuck was that?
2: Well, to, be, to be fair, this is like superheroes with superpowers and they're using guns of all things. It, well, it's the Suicide
1: Squad, you know. They're not sure. traditional
4: superheroes. And they're they're out here to kill the Justice League, as the subtitle has uh, informed us. Yes. But yeah, Rocksteady is um, the latest developer who was at one time lauded for their uh, wonderful single-player games in the Arkham Trilogy, who oh, then yeah. seemingly uh, had their had their hand moved by um, the powers that be on the publisher side to create a live service game, even though that was not their bread and butter. And it seems like yeah. this was one of those decisions that was put in several, many years ago, half a decade ago, when it seemed like live serve, every game going forward was going to be live service. And obviously in that time, um, that trend has, has uh, kind of trickled down to we're seeing more and more games come out. It was such a bummer this year to see this happen. You know, a few years ago, we had Anthem. We had Bioware having to come out and sort of change their game plan, Anthem, a dud. Uh, a few years uh, after that, Crystal Dynamics and the Avengers game came out, a dud. Earlier this year, though not live service, Arcane Austin having to get outside kind of their their what they were known for to create Redfall a dud. And then we just had the news this week that um, Naughty Dog has cancelled their Last of Us multiplayer live service game, um, and wanting to focus more on single player games. So it feels like we're in a good trajectory, and Suicide Squad might be like the last victim of this. Um, Yeah. We're on
1: the the positive part of the sine wave that we've gone through so many times before. Uh, The publishers find the new money spinner, try to push the multiplayer experience, the live service experience, then realize that there's only a, a few of those that can really dominate the market. Everything else crashes and burns, and mm-hmm. we return to the focus on uh, solid single player uh, focused games,
0: much Ooh. as we did
1: around the time Bioshock uh, came
2: out. Depending you think we? You think we go back yeah. to this solid single player because I believe we we're past the point of no return. I said I think at the start of the year last year that games as a service were becoming like the food industry. And you're always going to have your like top five. McDonald's is never going away, but they're all about yeah. that content. Minecraft, where I'm just saying commit to live service. Minecraft, you can play any version of the game ever uh, that's ever been around. And you can see the patches, you can see the updates that are coming through. If you don't like it, you don't have to commit to it, but it is uh, making more content. I'm sick of multiplayer games as a service where it's, it's <laughs> constantly getting different patches, different contents. If you want to just sell cosmetics... Have at it, but I I wish they'd put more thought than just like. Well, we don't know when we're going down. We're just going to keep going until we collapse.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's not really a positive, has been. For one thing, uh, you lose uh, the satisfaction one gets from a really good ending, which is something that's going to be coming up in my semi-ramblematic this week. Ooh, fitting for the last one of the year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because like you know, live service is incompatible with storytelling storytelling is beginning middle end and when there ain't no end there ain't no story so i've never liked superhero comics because they can't die cuz they never <laughs> fucking die
2: <laughs> love it love it, love, it, love it
1: so uh, and you know all the like uh, the layoffs in the big money industry obviously that's uh, terrible for people being laid off but you know there's also a positivity to be, to be seen in uh, the crashing and burning of the industry as it currently exists. Yeah, that's I mean, like I'm a would sure, want to swallow in mean, this. Was, I mean, I saw this pattern in like microcosmic style back when I lived in Brisbane, because uh, there was a time when Brisbane was full of big studios, THQ, Chrome, Pandemic, and uh, basically all of them went belly up one, one after another for various reasons. And what resulted is that there's now like 10 million indie developers in Brisbane, uh, like defiant, who made uh, um, uh, God? I feel so bad. I've forgotten. It's what it's called. The the card game procedural thing. Fire. Thank you, Brain. Oh, defiant. Who made Hand of Fate? Uh, Fruit uh, mm-hmm. Halfbrick. Who made Fruit Ninja? Like one of the biggest mobile games ever in history.
2: Yeah, Australia's problem.
1: Uh, yeah. So the big the big studios break up, and the and the end result is a million indie devs uh making interest in shit so yeah, you know mm-hmm. what all those layoffs to my mind uh can be is just part of the pattern part you of get, the positive
4: pattern you get your something eight. we've seen before there's always like we always look back at the looking glass family tree how looking mm. at glass uh had all of these developers like during the the system shock era and everything that eventually uh, went off to, uh, you know, form AAA studios, indie studios. That's how we got, you know, the Bioshock games and then a bunch of uh, indie games like Gone Home and Firewatch and things like that. So it feels like, uh, even some, some of the arcane games. Uh, so it feels like, yeah, your your hope from this is that the seeds kind of are able to get caught in the wind and spread and then grow somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I mean, when like a big studio goes down, everyone talks about it like someone's died. But no, all the, all the all the things that matter, the people, they're all still alive, and they're all
4: going to be looking for shit to do with their lives. Yeah. That being said, that um, was uh, another one I had uh, jotted down was, I want to start seeing accountability from the actual people who are making these terrible decisions, because it never seems like it is the C-suite people who have to you know reap what they've sown it's it's the it's the actual creatives you see embracer constant like this year has been just like inundated with embracer after their massive fucking catamariing of so many studios and then completely dropping the ball and being able to get saudi blood money them ending up being like oh well we have to uh cancel all these games and lay off all these people and shutter all these studios some of which before they even had a chance like free they were like we're reforming free radical to make time splitters in the entire studio they're like no we, we actually don't because we don't have any money because we had no business plan however the ceos just fine don't worry they'll be they'll be just fine
1: well they can't go far with without any talent can they yeah I and mean, that's kind of what we learned when we split from our mm-hmm. corporate owners this year. yeah, And I like to think we've demonstrated the, the, uh, the ongoing pattern as the corporate industry continues its merry march to collapse.
2: Yeah, what were Everything's
1: it, just so? gonna revert to independently funded little life rafts floating on the big churning sea of bullshit. That's what's gonna happen.
2: Hopefully, yeah, I think we get a better class of like CEO and better C-suite, because someone's gotta do it, even here right like we've had some of us have had to step up and do the paperwork and the, that gross stuff not
1: oh god it's so it's, boring like
2: it's 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 horrendous stuff but someone's got to do it but like these indie developers are the ones that are going to be able to step into it you know, right
1: uh-huh.
2: so good yeah, times all it around turns out
1: it's not actually that hard to be
4: a ceo work-wise
2: we should use ai there we go make them redundant yeah. the whole c-suite
4: AIs. Really? I feel like AI CEOs. There's like several Philip K. Dick stories that are about that.
2: I feel Like you know, just just like tweak it a thinking, little bit more. Pizza I was, parties.
1: I was thinking the merge with the AI ending from Deus Ex.
4: There you go. <laughs> right, uh, finally, uh, art replicates life. Or there life is a
1: philosophical art. argument in favor of humanity turning over governing all governance to AIs. I
2: forgot which one AIs- it was.
1: AIs have no personal stake and are, un, are and are incorruptible, theoretically.
2: Well, I've corrupted a hard drive or two. Like, that's a, that's an absolute uh, well, lie there. Well, not in but... that sense. Oh, like, morally. <laughs> I see what you yeah. mean. I forgot who it were that said if AI was actually like built proper, so to speak, it would side with the workers. So we would just make Tron, I guess? So I fight for the users? Like <laughs> think that's the line in,
4: in the movie there. <laughs> there you go
2: so like yeah i that's also the other thing where it's sort of like silver lining very bittersweet epic games massive layoffs but those layoffs were predominantly in the expansion department so that you want these companies to stop chasing infinite growth well they're gonna have to fire the part that is assigned to chase infinite growth that's the only like silver lining there i suppose but yeah that's
1: that's entirely the upper corporate layer and yeah, uh,
4: that's the so the, the just, people who made the decision to chase the infinite growth aren't the ones who need to, yeah. uh, are, are the ones who are affected by it, which is a problem. So just
1: strip off that layer, and uh, the actual talent will be like, hey, what did we need that layer for? It's, it's not, not even that cold.
4: Yeah. Oh, it was like a coat. It's like a that. windbreaker. Like a uh, windbreaker. Hey. <laughs> beautiful. But
2: I, I'd say throw it away with the, the Suicide Squad games as a service. It's even slipped into single player. I hate these incremental loot. Not five percent more damage, like three percent more. Yeah. Loot. Absolute mm-hmm. garbage. Like give a hundred percent more damage is not as exciting as now as like double how many bullets come out of your gun and you just hear it yeah. and you can see it just yes. going through.
4: Or you can like, visualize yeah. you are doing different things as opposed to I always hated that and as much as I liked the modern God of War games, the uh Getting something and it being like, oh, a 3% chance of, of uh, causing burn damage. And I'm like, I don't, this is, doesn't mean anything to me. Like, this is stupid. Mm. Why are we doing this? Yeah, let's, yeah,
2: no, not not a fan of that. Even, even single player needs to get away from those.
4: Yeah, agreed.
2: Um, All right, so gear scores in the bin, please. Yep. Uh, let's see here. I had, yes. um, I don't think everyone should do it, but I did like Hi-Fi Rush's Ghost Drop, where it was just, boom there you go. so like closer to release is when the high, I would like the hype please
1: yeah i think yeah. yeah i think that works when you have a product you know is really good and has strong broad appeal mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not the road you want to take if you're aiming
4: for niche appeal sure and it works mm-hmm. specifically in that case because it was a combination of tango which is which has like a pedigree behind it it's, and it's also yeah um but also it being on on game pass means that uh you know folks can if the the tens of millions of subscribers can just download it and try it and there's no like barrier to entry and there's no uh you know worry about spending your money on it and it was funny that we got that and metroid prime remaster shadow dropped in in like the same week or so and those are very different examples metroid prime works because it is a known quantity and it is a beloved game, um, but yeah, I, I I'd be at the very least for us I'd be uh, I'd love to see shorter tales because there are so many trailers we saw during the Game Awards, or that we saw during the Game Awards several years ago for games that won't be coming out until probably the tail end of the decade. That Star Wars Eclipse we in twenty eighteen we saw Elder Scrolls um, well, Six. This, stri-
1: this isn't strictly a hype problem; it's a games taking way too bloody long to make problem.
4: It is, yeah. And it's also studios needing to use them as uh, hiring tools because if they're so secretive they can't say they're working on a Star Wars thing, it's going to be hard to hire people. Whereas if you um, say, we're working on a Star Wars story game, it's probably easier to um, to get yeah. people to apply who would might be good at a thing like that. But I completely agree with you, uh, Yassi. The, the, the time it takes to make these games is uh, too damn long.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that's sustainable either. I mean... Uh as we keep saying all the indie games hardly need all that ultra realistic graphics and uh they're they're just a train of success stories most recently something like lethal company which was less than a gig download and yeah looks kind of primitive but uh it's just massively popular
2: yeah i I, I love it i love when these like nasty little ugly troll games become super popular everyone's (laughs) like all i want are good graphics and great story it's like nah they just throw it all together on a weekend look at that thing the pumpkins are still there
1: one of the things I had on my list was the broadly positive trend reflected by Dave the Diver, which a lot of people were talking down because it's indie, but not because it's supported mm-hmm. by a massive corporation. But, you know, what do you want of massive corporations? That's what I want of massive corporations. I want them to split the money up into a bunch of uh, excited, driven indie teams. Well, not indie. And, uh, sp- you know, spread the financial joy like to make low-budget, uh, non-realistic graphic games uh, that are just fun, and uh, the actual like passionate creatives can put their work into. It. I mean, and all that you know, arguing over whether it counted as indie or not over the game awards.
4: That's that's on the game awards. Yeah, but no, how great you know we we were sort of singing this song like a decade ago when Ubisoft showed off like Child of Light and Valiant Hearts. And it was like, oh, this is pretty cool. A triple A, a AAA studio is. Um, allowing smaller teams to make things where you can see the thumbprints of the developers uh, more yeah. clearly. And then that kind of went away. But how great would it be to to have, you know, Sony, all their first-party studios, while they're working on new spider Man and Last of Us and Tsushima, have small teams at those studios working on smaller few-hour games?
3: Yeah, like, I
1: remember when um, I think it was Insomniac Games brought out Song of the Deep.
2: Yeah, that was really cool. Oh uh, yeah. making me sad but, thinking of EA sports. Ooh, brother. Yeah. EA Those. big
1: You know the really sad thing is that this used to be like just the standard practice. You have your big tent pole game and then that would like fund everything so you could spread the money around all the other projects you actually wanted to make.
4: Yeah. And that was just like, how it was
1: done. And now yeah. these days they just pile all the money into the tent poles and it just doesn't work.
4: Yeah, it's like the same in, in Hollywood. There's always that idea of like the one for them. One for me, kind of thing, but it just doesn't seem like that actually happens in the games industry. It feels like it's mm. one for them, and then that one makes a lot of money, and now we're doing and, those yes. forever.
1: And if it doesn't, we shut to the studio. And if it does, we shut to the studio anyway. Yeah, you know, you know, what the small teams in Ubisoft are doing now. They're making Assassin's Creed Mirage. That's what's classified as this a smaller game for Ubisoft these yeah. days. Yeah,
4: yeah, which is uh, which is kind of wild. Although we do, you know, we getting that first TV- one. Yeah, right. Mirage is, I think, as big. I'm sure it was more expensive than the first game. Granted, it was 15 years later. But uh, I like that we have that Prince of Persia game coming out, which is, again, more indie spirited. Um, I I don't know how another way to put it because it's 2D and it feels like a little Metroidvania. It's made by the Rayman team, like the Rayman Origins Mm. and the Rayman Legends team at Ubisoft Montpellier, which is cool. So I I just want to see more of that.
1: Yeah, the third item on my list. Uh, I just wrote down Assassin's Creed just stop generally <laughs> just stop
4: does that apply to a lot of franchises or just Assassin's
1: Creed
2: I think he's tired I of mean, reviewing them
1: <laughs> most especially Assassin's Creed
2: at what point uh, did you realize you know you didn't have to keep doing COD and at what point would that hit for Assassin's Creed
1: I don't know I think it was after like uh, like I did Modern Warfare 1 sort of while well, I played it uh, First then one, or one the second one, the the second modern warfare one, okay. which you know that which is getting to the problem. Uh, but when the second modern warfare two came out, I was like, I don't think I will, I just won't. So I didn't, and I haven't since.
4: How did you feel in the moment? To- like, oh. <laughs> it helped with Call of Duty that they were 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 putting less and less effort towards the campaigns. And so yeah. that felt like an easier breakup, I think, on your end, whereas Assassin's Creed is still just like, you know, predominantly these single player experiences. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. But I agree, I it's still... hard
4: to, I don't know, even like when the franchise has had like a shakeup, it hasn't felt like it's shaken up enough, or maybe it's been shaken up in a direction like the RPGification of Origins and
1: Valhalla. Well, this is why I'm saying Assassin's Creed needs to stop, because I think what we've learned is that there's no shaking up that can help things at this point.
3: People
2: yeah. like the new ones. That's what I wait like five years in between a franchise, and then it feels new enough. If you have to do one by one, it's just a boiling frog effect. And I you're don't, the frog.
1: I, think there's any, I don't think there's anywhere that particular IP can go that would feel like something new and innovative. Japan. I think they've, I think they've tried everything, and it's just been milked to a little dry husk.
2: Yeah. Aside from putting me in the animus itself, I think that's it. We've run out. We've run out of room. I'm <laughs> you want
1: to at someone that at home, kind of? Yeah. Well, could like, you like, imagine? <laughs> well, early on, early on, there was like a coherent uh, theme to the plot. It was like assassins versus Templars, uh, uh, exploring the the philosophy of the assassins and the counter philosophy of the Templars, who both uh, you know broadly agree on some areas but disagree on like the crucial. Uh, area of free will or whatever, but in like the last nine Assassin's Creed games, that has just been goodies versus baddies. Mm-hmm. Assassins are the goodies, Templars are the baddies. Well, and then and, they swap uh,
2: them, like in Rogue.
1: Yeah, so, and yeah. even in historical settings that predate the Hashashin Order, uh, it's just the goodies versus the baddies, and the goodies are the Assassins, uh, but yeah. in all oh, but name, no, the hidden ones.
4: Yeah, different oh, different yeah. name, but the the same yeah. coat of paint. Yeah. And we and never get to like Fridays, the first
2: ones, do we? Studies
1: is just a universal theme. If like I keep saying, if you'd said Go to Tsushima was an Assassin's Creed game, I wouldn't have doubted you. Because mm-hmm. you know, you say, uh, Oh, the Japanese or the Samurai are the assassins and the Mongols are the Templars somehow. That's how it that's well, how it worked out in that particular uh
4: theatre of history. And good luck. And next fall or the fall after we're gonna have AC Red, which is just doing that. So Oh, for Christ's sake lovely yeah. so
2: it wants his ending
4: so <laughs> yeah i mean i think uh are there any any longer or like long-running franchises that you think do it right or do you think this is a problem with all franchises across the board or do you think there's anything that like gives enough time in between installments that they actually put creativity in it and this is my way of segueing into talking about nintendo God, I not want to talk about Nintendo.
2: Funny enough, yeah. them. I feel I, like if you have a, like a strict enough Bible and strict enough people that are, that are think, working on it, yeah.
4: I think
1: maybe Metal Gear was mm. the franchise that yeah. sort of evolved over time. But uh, I think that's kind of done now.
4: We're getting uh, the remake of 3. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Oh,
1: Christ, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like very firmly moved on to Death Stranding now, it seems.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it, From Software, if they're only the Miyazaki games? I think they uh, evolved pretty nicely on each other.
4: Yeah, not just the Miyazaki games, like Armored Core had a, I mean, yeah, I guess it's weird because From Software is one of the few developers, people consider all of their games like the same, like, oh, it's it's them, whereas they have clearly like lines of delineation with Sekiro and and, uh, Armored Core. Yeah, as that goes.
2: No, I think eventually you just ship a Theseus yourself to the point where it's not even a ship anymore. This is like a, a nice Corvette Cadillac, but it doesn't sail right. <laughs> Why are we still in the water? You yeah. So,
1: yeah, Yeah. Assassin's Creed's about as ship th- as Theseus as anything can get. Probably was around the time of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, since we're talking about it. <laughs>
2: there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, should, like, before Patrice Desilé kicked out or something like that. I, saw, I, I, saw I, a, I do want
1: that. I saw a funny tweet the other day. Uh, it said something like the, the wikipedia page for ship of theseus was started in 2006 and as of today no part of it is the original text
2: i saw that yeah yeah i, uh, I forget the the novelty account but they just do a bunch of like wikipedia gone wild tweets that's great
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> that's, yeah marty what else you got on your list
4: uh yeah well like sort of leaning towards nintendo i'm uh looking forward to this new fucking switch just being out so that we don't have to talk about hardware anymore. Cause I think talking about hardware is pretty boring personally. I think it is. I think hardware is the least interesting aspect of talking about and criticizing games. And yeah, I, think I guess I'm having, just
1: waiting for games to move to the point that movies were at where it's just all DVD players are basically the same. Let's just yeah. get ones. And then we can play DVDs. Who so are getting there?
4: And that, like, the the tribalism that comes from it and, like, the fact that people get mad at a thing because it has a first party behind... Like, it's all... I get that not everyone is in a position of privilege to be able to own all these things so that where it comes out doesn't matter. But, like, I just... I think the what store a thing releases on, what console the thing releases on, that kind of thing is just so damn boring. Like, whether it's while, on – I'm not going to play it because it's on Epic and it's not on Steam. Like, I think that is, like, such a yeah. such a boring way to talk about art. Um, For a while, just, there was an
1: interesting argument over what's the best controller layout, but the controller yeah. hasn't really been improved since the Shock 2. Uh, we done, are we controllers- done with that?
4: Are we done with, like, major – like, is there yeah, going to be, like, yeah, a major mean, step forward? I mean,
1: you don't see any of them wacky controllers like what the um, Atari Jaguar had with the little pocket calculator attached to a Mega Drive controller. No, it's all uh, two analog sticks, uh, two sets of shoulder buttons, four face buttons, and a well D-pad. On. That's every well controller on. now.
2: Did you guys see this, uh, this Splatoon setup that Nintendo had a uh... I recommend oh. I put it in the oh, the one where you tie the weaver yeah, to the yeah, top. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like a, oh. I, I love Nintendo because they don't give up. They're like, "There's got to be something."
4: Yeah. <laughs> An yeah.
2: archaeologist is going to find these and be like, "We came from five armed
4: humans." <laughs> <laughs> what did man look like? back then? yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: man had feathers.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. and like uh, you know, folks have tried like Valve with this with the Steam controller with sort of the um. You know, how to turn mouse inputs into a single thumb thing, and that never really clicked on. Uh, We had the movement-based push of, like, the late aughts between the Wii and Kinect and PlayStation Move, and that didn't really connect, or, like, catch on. So, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like controller inputs, unless... I think there's always going to be these niche movements and people wanting something, but I I have a hard time imagining in the next 10, 15 years, some radical new way of control that is going to, but maybe that's the point of it is like, if we could think of it, we'd be millionaires. So we can't think of it.
1: Oh, there you go.
2: I love it. When they first were like, oh, this, I forgot what game it was. It uses the disgusting WASDA movement (laughs) (laughs) scheme. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i forget which game it was but yeah they were just like oh horrible horrible thing and yeah those older <laughs> games were like what zxc spacebar <laughs> i remember
1: when they first put uh the like the extra touchpad thing in the middle of the ps4 controller that really felt like we're really desperately trying to find ways to improve upon the DualShock 2, yeah. and this is the best we've got. And I was like, well, it's not really efficient for using with your hands, but it's perfectly positioned if you want to make a game you can control with your nose.
2: <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, like if you put it on your chin and talk like, through yeah. it, voice-activated kind of thing. Or lick it. It yeah. lick, lick it. Yeah. Lick it if you your want to have, like, with a, your controllers.
1: A, a, a taste-based game. Yeah. There you go. I was
4: hoping after uh, Astro's Playroom launched with the PS5 that more games are really going to go in-depth with kind of the haptic feedback and and like genuinely interesting uses of rumble on the new controller. And I feel like that's very few and far between now. I don't
1: know. I don't think those theme park rides where they shake your chair around while you watch a video were a significant step in the development of
4: movies as an art form. <laughs> so, um, well, so. I saw Top Gun Maverick in 4DX, and let me tell you, I almost fucking fell out of my chair. They shook me around so hard, it was great.
1: The problem with <laughs> haptic Feedback and Rumble is that games are all about immersion, and immersion <laughs> happens when you stop thinking about what you're doing. Sure, you know, sure, your, sure, your, yeah. your hands are just an extension of your instant conscious reactions. And when you add stuff like Rumble and like motion control to that... Then suddenly you're you're right back in the room again, shaking your bloody Wiimote like a complete spaz, feeling like an idiot.
3: I just are you not, I just
2: looked forward to that haptic bodysuit so you can feel it when you get shot. The res
4: bodysuit—that's all I want. The, I, the vibrotron. I was never it never crossed my mind playing Half
1: Life that this would be so much better if it was knocking my drink out of my hand every time I got shot.
2: That'd
4: be great. Yeah, but There's like, this. I mean, the, the, so uh, Rumble came. The first Rumble game I remember, I think it might have been the first, was the Rumble pack with Star Fox 64, and it was a huge novelty. But then Rumble just became a thing in games, and it became a way of conveying information to you that you don't really think about. Again, like the sound design thing, where it's like, if sound design is done well, you're not thinking about it. Um, and so I don't find like good uses of Rumble to be distracting. I found it even more immersive, I would say. I yeah.
2: You're very kind, you. I'm mean-spirited to mine. Like, if, if <laughs> I'm playing a game and my controller goes off, I'm like, who let you speak? Where do I turn off the rumble? <laughs> so yeah. you speak? Yeah, like, I, I think I liked it as a kid, though. I don't yeah. know what happened.
1: I have that problem with the speaker. I mean, just like, you know, you control a rumbling when you fire a gun. I guess I don't really notice anymore. That's yeah. just pretty much standard these days. Mm. But the yeah oh, the controller speaker in my PS5 games
4: I really don't like that at all. I'll turn that off. It's also I mean that's again. always weird if you have headphones if you're listening on headphones and then the controller's trying to talk you like what what'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> say that say that to me again. I don't know.
2: No. I, I think I think we've gone as far as we can with like controllers and maybe even hardware, which makes me excited because I think, okay, this is what we're going to be on for like the next 10 years. Let's start making games like within that time window instead of anticipating the next one outside of that one guy who, he made his own haptic feedback system and he likes to snipe in, in shooter games where it kicks right in the bloody shoulder the whole time, just will knock him uh just to feel it. I'm like, okay, so that's a little just- too much.
1: There was a story I read years ago that uh, some kid was taken to hospital with a disease that had previously only been seen in workmen who used like power drills all day. Because mm-hmm. he'd been using like rumble controllers for like twelve hours a day. Jesus!
2: And, like, what do you have? Just,
1: like sort of separated all his nerves or something?
2: Oh, you're like tenderizing your hands.
1: And, yeah, it was something gross. Yeah.
2: Ooh! Oh my god. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess on the segue of the Nintendo thing, I liked that Tears of the Kingdom returned to its old setting. Like, it was Mm -hmm. still there. I haven't played games uh, that are sort of like, hey, we're back in a very, very long time. And I'd like to see more of that, if nothing else.
4: I think it's a smart way to... I mean, granted, Tears of the Kingdom took a long time in development, but it is a smart way to kind of be economical with what you've already created while framing different mechanics and different things to do around that and we saw it twice this year i think at least that i can remember with um new york in spider-man 2 and uh and uh hyrule in uh tears of the kingdom i thought it worked better for tears of the kingdom because your tool set made existing in that world feel so different than it did in breath of the wild where spider-man was Mm -hmm. just you know the the swinging and the 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 sort of the the flying stuff, gliding uh, oh, yeah. felt great, but it didn't feel like remarkably different from the first one. But no, I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. Like I don't like, P- people like Hollywood are, would reuse sets. Like <laughs> if you already people built people it are, once.
2: People are not happy with that. I, I understand, yeah. I guess, in Tears of the Kingdom, but for New York, I'm like, what? You want another borough or something?
4: <laughs> yeah. What do we do? Like, do we create sky islands above New York if you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, we
1: could yeah. add another suburb, extend out yeah. a little more. Yeah. Hey, add they gave New us,
4: Jersey. You gave us Queens and uh, Brooklyn. What else can we ask for? Just
2: expanding and going back to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, I think the last of my list was more. Uh, more like ethnic, more cultural games. Venba, hot stuff. Mm. My, my most anticipated game for next year is a super Mexican Metroidvania that's not Guacamole. Give like, yeah. me more of it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that was really pushing the Mexican thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was talk about Constable blimey Chips.
2: Oh, but that's like Nacho Libre. We love that shit. Speedy <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, They're like, did you know they took that away? uh because they figured it was too racist but mexico was like give him back that's <laughs> that we want
1: ours that tends to happen there's like a stock brazilian disney character who was like one of donald duck's friends and he's like massively popular in brazil
3: yeah i don't know we yeah, love know, that stuff
1: the green parrot lad you know one of the three cavaleros oh right? i loved him
3: oh yeah yeah yeah
4: um. Yeah, that uh sort of ties into to my second to last one, which was everyone from developers to publishers to us as as players, uh, sort of embracing curiosity and getting outside your comfort zone. Uh, which again ties into what we were talking about earlier of like wanting to see these AAA studios um take risks and make smaller kind of stranger things that might not be as mass market as a Spider-Man, but might yeah. really mean something to a smaller group of people. Um, and then- Because remember, yeah. that
1: meaningful change in the industry like this can only come from a shift for in the audience perspective as well. Yeah. Like the audience yeah. have to vote with their wallets. They have to say more, what the fuck is this when Suicide Squad trailers come out. They yeah. have to like, check out the interesting, innovative indie stuff. It's it's on you, audience. You get the industry you deserve.
2: Yeah. And the game awards you deserve.
4: And the <laughs> well, a... part of it's on us to, to, to really platform that stuff which i think the three of us do pretty well of when we you know with whether it's your dredge or your pizza tower your shadow of doubt your highland song your neon white like really going to yeah, bat for these yeah. smaller
1: games we try our best
4: yeah, and it's I think it's easier now than ever. Like there's a democratization to these games that if you have Game Pass, a bunch of these games come there, PlayStation Plus, um, Steam has crazy cheap sales all the time. Next fest is an awesome way to check out a bunch of demos and like kinda get a little early on what the next big thing is gonna be. And um you know, I'm not saying you always need to you know, everyone has their comfort games that they're going to return to, but at the same time, it's it's good to sometimes broaden your horizons and it goes for anything. Movies, TV, fucking food. Just oh, yeah. become, become a little comfortable with being uncomfortable. and You might yeah, find like, something that
2: you didn't realize you love. Uh, like Dredge was easy to go to bat for. Rusted Moss sure. a little harder, and then the hardest one was um, The Void Rains Upon Her Eyes, even with oh, the 100% overwhelming. Yeah. Right? yeah, and I'm yeah, like, it's a funky looking one, but sure. You know, sure. I'd... I am now I feel like I'm becoming a games journal father where before I didn't feel any responsibility. I'm just like I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk, but now it's like I feel like I almost owe it to someone to talk about this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. welcome to my world, bitch, as yeah. Freddy Krueger once said. <laughs> Good movie, no, Freddy Krueger. Having a big audience comes with it responsibility. I'm afraid.
4: Yeah. No, Uncle Absolutely. Ben. No. <laughs> no I realize the head that wears the crown. Oh. Yeah. Um and then my uh, my last one was um, everyone needs to start giving more of a shit about uh, preservation in game history. Um, we see that with with right. digital stores closing down, Nintendo being like, "Well, there's just no way to ever play 3DS or Wii U games." Bye bye, everyone. Uh, we see that with servers being closed for multiplayer games that, like, I personally don't care about, but I think just losing these games fucking sucks. he who forgets the past. Yeah, exactly
2: gets a situation. c in history class
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: exactly um and so you have people sort of you know carrying the torch not only you know the 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 um piracy which ends up becoming like the only way to get things done at certain times but stuff like the video game historical foundation stuff like the um uh digital eclipse games uh in limited run like the making of karateka uh or kratica which is you know, a, a real cool glimpse into video game history and then bringing back weird old franchises like Tomba and Gex, like, oh, um, Tomba. Treating, <laughs> tre- yeah, treating, like treating these old games with respect and not just like slopping them on shitty collections, but like just making them easily available to everyone. Um, well,
1: cause that's uh, something we can contribute to as well by yeah. just, uh, making lots of retro reviews and keeping these titles in the, uh, collective mindset. Yeah, we're
4: gonna do a, a tulip long play. We're gonna play all a tulip in 2024. What okay. oh, oh,
1: the hell? Uh, my lips oh, it's
4: can't Take game. that much kissing. It's a kissing game. I remember.
2: The, I remember that. Yeah, the, Beautiful. that video. Yeah, wow.
4: Beautiful. So much kissing. Uh, oh my yeah. god, doggy. Um, I know yeah, he just
1: popped up by, on his own free will. He's so ready. Cause he, He's a star because he woke he, up and realized, hey, I'm not being shown
4: to the internet. I'm yeah. ready
2: for my close-up, Mister Deville.
4: He was a, he was a, a, you summoned your spirit, Ash. Um, Did you guys have any, any other ones?
1: No, Um, we pretty much went through all of mine. And uh, I see super chats off the starboard bow. Yeah. Like a
2: bunch of smaller things they'll probably bring them up themselves, honestly. And uh, as a reminder to everybody, this is the last Windbreakers podcast until the new year. So if anybody wants to tell us how cute we are, that they have a crush on us with money, feel free to do that right now.
1: Yes, cause Cause, this is the part where we read out all your super chats. With we yeah. are so, our ne- obliged yeah, our next
4: episodes to. won't be till the 8th. Yes, next week is taking, Christmas, following
1: We'll take it a week off to, yeah. uh, you know, be human beings and interact with our families and shit. all that tiresome drivel. I just at uh, before then, we've got all these super chats to read out. I've only got the super chats themselves, not the live member chats. So, Marty, remember, to, yeah, remember uh, the first one was uh.
4: Loki Loki welcome to the green gang and then we kicked off with Jacob Kitty which I think yes uh, should be a Jacob Kitty list. with five dollars who says Marty your review of a
1: Highland song was beautiful thank you for putting eyes on such a wonderful indie game for me it's this year's Spirit Spiritfarer
4: oh thank you so much I really appreciate that yeah going back to the previous thing of of, of uh, trying to shine a spotlight on uh, games folks might not know about especially if they come out really late in the year weirdly enough um, yeah, I did a, a. We have a new series called Bite Sized, which is um, sort of the evolution of, of if you remember, three MRS. Um, but yeah, I did one on uh, on on uh, Highland Song that I was really proud of, and we have uh, we have a bunch of them in the works now. Some of them should be up before the holidays. Some of them might be up during the holiday break. Um, that's not just a series I'm doing. That's every a lot of people are going to be contributing to them. But uh, yeah, a little a little kind of meatier looks and more essay uh, tinged looks at games. So uh, yeah, check out the I Highland Song one. I kinda of bounced off Island, Soul. That's fine. It's not for everyone. It's a little it's kinda of, it's a, it's it's definitely in the Marty zone, which just, a lot of times just, Marty zone is the Nazi zone. It might have been
1: bad luck uh it wasn't really clicking for me and then I like had a s run into a bug, that sort of soft locked my run. Yeah. Didn't really feel like trying again. Is it because
2: so, you you've been closer to Scotland? You know what the chibbing is like.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've I've brought this up before. Scotland has less of a sort of glamorous world of fantasy air in my mind. Yeah, All I sort don't of, know. Uh, chip shops and, uh, have, you see, have you seen Train Spotters? Train, train spotting. Train yeah. spotting. Heroin and spotting. chip shops. There you go.
4: <laughs> I don't I don't to uh, <laughs> to bang the drum I said last week. I do I like my games uh with a sense of place. And it doesn't matter what that place is. Like if that would have been like take place in Appalachia or something, but really yeah, made yeah. me feel like I was there, I would have been just as impressed. You and your sense of place. I love oh,
2: it. see that. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I grew up in Appalachia and when Assassin's Creed did it, I was very like, no, never no, 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 no. going back. <laughs>
1: uh Cars of Fort Langley gives 10 Canadian and says my first super chat my first time catching this live just wanted to say thanks for the
2: literal years of
1: enjoyment and congrats on the second wind happy holidays to the team
4: thank you Cars of Fort Langley
2: i've only been here for like 3 weeks now
4: years uh and then uh Gardo welcome to the green gang thank you so much Gardo
1: uh, as Cowboy gives 35 uh, Zars. And says, random question, but yeah, I'd say, what's your opinion of Brandon Sanderson's books if you've
4: read an A? I
1: don't think I've read an A. What's, what, what's he written? He's like a big
4: fantasy author, right? I bet it's got boats in it. No, he's a big, like, he's almost like a, a George R. R. Martin adjacent. Oh. Right, right. Uh, the Mistborn series. Which oh, is a big series. Oh, um,
1: oh, I think my uh my my missus was reading those at one point. He also finished
4: Wheel of Time after um Robert Jordan uh passed away. Oh mm-hmm. well I guess somebody had to.
1: Mm. I've, I don't know how to feel about that sort of thing. Always feel a little bit mercenary.
4: Yeah, I mean it depends if like there were plans in set while the person was alive and could sign off on it as opposed yeah. to that could be sweet
2: do? though. That is sweet most like Boba Fett, you know, after Django.
3: It's not, it's not the worst sweet There's mercy you
2: like.
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, the piss bandit gives ten dollars and says the industry will be saved with a triple A porn game thoughts
2: that was, that was the old god of war
1: yeah I think um, you might you know, might not be right there I think, feel like the latest generation has proved itself uh, to be of a slightly more prudish mindset than mm-hmm. their predecessors
2: no, no 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 we're hornier but we've got a higher threshold this is too vanilla It's pathetic
1: Oh, you need like to see hardcore, full-on insertion action in your. Ah, Yeah, maybe more
2: plot. Maybe like a bear. That's just so I don't know. Two thousand four, even because we grew up on like uh, Robin Hood when he was a fox. What's that going to do? We grew up on Lola Bunnies and Roger Rabbits. What is this? Yes, we never
4: saw any of them fuck though.
2: That's not about the fucking. It's about the circumstances.
4: But I would argue. It feels like at least uh when I when I pay attention to um I pay attention to film Twitter a lot. And it seems like there's a lot of like pearl clutching about sex scenes and movies and TV now, about like they have no place here and we shouldn't do them and they are useless and we, we shouldn't be doing this. I'm yeah, like, that's well that's the impression, impression I've been getting. It's
1: it, less about, you know, corporate like conservative purse clutching and more uh, about uh, people saying, Oh, this isn't representative or Oh uh, sex is uh, something that does not belong in our nice uh, cheerful innocent lives.
2: Yeah. To me it's more execution. So like if every every fucking film had like a I'm driving to work scene, I get very tired of that really quickly. And if everyone's like now just fucking but if you end up with something like uh, I don't know, a more exciting drive to work, something goes weird like in uh, what's his name? Sean Falling Falling down. Yeah. That was a
4: <laughs> yeah. That, that was that was a drive to work on crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know
2: that kind of stuff. It's all about the execution. I feel it's gone just too vanilla or almost just too formulaic, right? Oppenheimer was kind of silly in that sense. Uh, I thought I, the
4: sex scene in Oppenheimer was great.
2: That's what I was saying. I was like, let's that was... read the
4: Bhagavad Gita and let's do it in in a in a in a um, like a Senate judicial hearing. I thought that was great. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, I,
3: thought, like, I, I like that.
1: Let's be the change you want to see in the world. I like tits. I liked seeing Kate Winslet get her tits out in Titanic because I could think about it later and jerk off. Oh I Go like on. looking at tits. That was it. so
2: long ago. I like the circumstances. I, I also enjoyed Kate Winslet, but it was everything leading through and for and seeing Jack's hand on the foggy window. I thought it was romantic. Was
4: <laughs> <laughs> I like that it was romantic.
2: <laughs> but 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 again, it was it was all the execution, all the circumstances. I think there was more, uh, not even class. Feel free to be raunchy, but just there was there was more into it than what we're getting nowadays.
4: Yeah. I also like bums. Are there yeah. are there sex scenes in games that you think have been handled well?
1: What do you mean? Um, I guess well, the only one that ever leaps. To my, the only one that ever leaps to mind for me is the scene, the bathhouse scene in Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. That feels to me like one of the only genuinely erotic sex scenes in games. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, it's just the sex scenes in, you know, like Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy, where it's just really embarrassing for everyone involved. Yeah, I
2: think I think The Witcher Three had it pretty good because he's got amnesia, so it's like, oh, yeah, the plot <laughs> she thickens.
1: The Witcher Three had some good sex scenes where she I was thickens. like, "This is hot. I'm going to think about it and jerk off later." This man's. And that's what you want.
2: But again, to me, it comes down to circumstances more so than the actual thing itself. This is coming from a man who's had enough sex to consider it trite.
4: <laughs> it's too blasé.
2: Yeah, just yeah. more. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, this is uh, someone who's had kids talking. Sex, yeah, is, still, twice. sex is still pretty neat, okay. even after it's been put through its practical purposes.
4: Oh, Nick, get your
1: hammers out of there. Grow up,
4: Nick. None of us would fucking exist if it weren't for sex. Yeah, you should have more sex, Nick. Hammers down, dongs up.
2: This is why we went independent, damn it, so we could talk yeah. about sex.
4: <laughs> um, well, boy, We'll boy, see, we'll see if ne- tangent. We'll see if the next uh, 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 team, the Atlas game, the uh, uh, Metaphor Re-Fantasio, we'll see if they evolve what Persona and Catherine tried to do with sex. No.
1: I'd, I'd respect Nintendo if there was a Zelda Link sex scene in the, in Tears of the Kingdom.
4: It was, like, acknowledged that they live together in, in Hot To No Village, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even, like, make a
1: fuss of it. Just have them, like, wake up, uh, and they're both in their underpants, and Zelda's just, like, spread-eagled over Link and snoring in his face, and he I looks figured, a little bit put off.
2: I figured a kid would be more nonchalant, <laughs> while still implying the same... The circumstances.
1: Yeah,
4: we don't know in Hyrule if that's where kids come from. It, be
3: like, the Deku sprout. Tree
4: sprouts them. Yeah, this is
1: true. I know that still feels like hedging it to me.
3: Five, you want to see
1: like like people first thing in the morning when they're in their underwear and they're looking at their most unattractive, just sort of spread eagle over each other and covered in hideous night sweat.
4: That's I, how you would be, it'd be spread Ruto in uh, Zelda because that's what I'd appreciate. Anyway,
1: yeah. we've stuck on this subject for for that's long. Another enough.
2: podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Humane Shield gives
1: one ninety nine US and says, Frost, love you, Letterkenny, to be fair.
2: Oh, Letterkenny's fun. I don't know what he's on about. It's a Canadian show.
4: I know about Letterkenny, yeah. I've mm-hmm. never watched it. A lot of people have recommended it to me, but it's on my list of things that, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably not going to get to. Yeah.
1: Tommy Salty gives 10 Polish Lotties and says, a sequel to 12 Minutes would help the industry.
4: Speaking of uh, sex, God. if you like.
1: Do you think there should be, like, full-on... Uh, Incest porn? Oops, spoiler
3: alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiled the
2: whole
1: (laughs) game. What Uh, are you doing, (laughs) (laughs) half-brother-chan?
4: And uh, wing potato, welcome to the tip jar. Terrible thing to be talking about a tip jar during all these conversations.
2: Just the tip jar,
1: yeah. knob the snob gives a, brace yourself, €119.99. Deep red super chat and says, paying for Patreon and Super Chat is like OnlyFans without the boobs. So I'd like at least to see Yahtzee saying something very positive about anything, Marty something very cynical, and Sebastian something with an uncharacteristically squeaky voice. Uh... I really like peppermint bark. Uh,
3: every single one of us is going to die alone eventually. Jesus.
2: Huh. I'm still voice is easy what's uncharacteristic of me i feel like i talk the most shite on this one
1: let's just say we represent the lollipop guild
3: we represent
1: (laughs) the lollipop guild
2: there you go there you go
1: you can go Ah. higher than i can
2: that was really my voice
1: voice is sort of locked into this register i can try to go higher but it goes
2: wow Uh, it just disappeared on him yeah where did it go
4: pick it back uh also we have a couple uh we have a couple donos uh from off platform Tommy Salty donated over on Ko Fi. Thank you so much. Dear Windbreakers, it's me, Tommy. I think we can easily fix the gaming industry. It's all about respect and trust and smiling and not chasing the easy bucks and paying the creators what they deserve, uh, and about not mixing meats. Uh by the way, have you heard about Voytek the Bear? That was yes, yes. that was beautiful. <laughs> um, and then Alexander, hundred dollar dono through PayPal. Uh, Ooh, you know you. what we're gonna you know that sounds like little alexander the great am i right yeah mm-hmm. that, that yeah. was a great alexander right there yeah thank you so much alexander and tommy thank you guys so much
1: okay then dylan Kunts gives a comparatively paltry but we're, so we're still grateful for 4.99 and says merry christmas and happy new year glad the channel's doing so well thank you so much you really and then really ro- threw and me then for a loop when nob, when that. and then robo knob the snob comes back after his huge donation, with a 5.99 donation, to say, Also, I'm announcing next week's Yahtzee Tries, the dangan Danganronpa series. You'll be lucky, Robo-Nob the Snob.
2: There's nothing. The lights Monkey will be Kong. out
4: next week. Lucky Kong rom-com.
1: Uh, Luke Humaneers gives two Australian dollars and says, Comment loading. That was clever. It was a clever little joke there. And Tommy Deanorth's Archives gives five Canadian and says, Marty saying the, less, the Last of Us 2 is of higher quality than the 2021 Best Picture winner is a horrible thing to say, especially when Last of Us 2 didn't
4: deserve Game of the Year. Whether did you say that, Marty? I didn't Last say week. it was mm. specifically better than the 2021 uh, Best Picture winner, although I do. I mean, depending on if you're talking about the Oscars of 2021 or the movie. What was the be- 2021 Best Picture winner? It would be either Nomadland or Coda, depending on if you talk which 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 year. If you're talking about when the Oscars aired or which movie, I do think the last of Us part two is better than both of those. But my comment was generally, um, I think Game Awards winners, uh, by and large, are better than uh, the movies that have won uh, Oscars for the past twenty years. And there are exceptions. I think stuff like Parasite is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is way better. You know. A game award winner uh, is is generally of higher quality than something like The Artist or Crash or The King's Speech. <laughs> I I always like going after those because they're real yeah. boring movies. Poor
1: Colin Firth.
4: Poor Colin Firth. Uh, He's doing fine. He's
1: handsome. Uh, and Quake gives five US dollars. Says a game dev friend of mine is very worried about the future of game dev because of all the layoffs and potential investor loss of interest. Wow, well, that's then that's just actually make games without make games without investors then. Sweet little games that are uh, cheaply made. But you gotta, how do you pay the bills? Uh, Kickstarter, Patreon, same thing, way we do.
4: Yeah, it's yeah. tough. We're, we're fortunate enough to have, have uh, previous uh, fan bases and everything. We couldn't have just, if we just came together fresh, I think it would have been tough
2: unfortunate thing is you kind of have to have a normal a real job so to speak as you're angling to get through uh yeah it's a it's a rough way i wouldn't be as pessimistic as i've seen it's like oh why be a game developer You should do it because you love it but just be careful that you don't chase the dream into a yeah. corner
1: yeah, yeah game development's never gonna go away it might be less uh lucrative for a while there mm-hmm. you go but you know we're all in it for the passion just ostensibly of the cross. Uh Eero Lang gives five euros and says, since it's almost Christmas, what are your favorite Christmas games or games you like to play around that time of year? Thank you for great work. Anyone uh, I ever uh, think
4: of is James Pond 2, codenamed Robocod. What? <laughs> I, uh, I, I I wrote about this for, uh, for a column that you can read on the $5 tier of Patreon and above, uh about how there's a still... weird lack of holiday games in my mind.
1: Well, it's because no one can predict when games are going to come out anymore because it takes so long to make.
4: Yeah, but like we have holiday season rolls around i have a fucking stacked list of like 10 15 20 movies i like rewatching for the holiday season um whereas with games it's like well there's this one level in banjo kazooie that that's a pretty cool level freeze easy peak um so there's not a, there's there was uh, christmas nights the game nights into dreams shout out to yujinaka mm-hmm. uh had a full-on like expansion that was just christmified everything which i think was neat and parasite yeah, eve is my is my a... favorite christmas game those a Christmas, Jun- Christmas. 3D expansion.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two things there: live service games are constantly updating themselves for that stuff. Yeah, and the the other, the actual game I play, well, I try to play Skyrim at first. Snowfall, it's nice. The windows oh, open. Like that. Yeah.
4: yeah, there's also the games that sort of take place on a real calendar to where you can get some of those vibes. Your your Stardew, your Animal Crossing, yeah, and stuff like simplifies. Bully or Persona. Yeah, that's not really a Christmas game. That was it? No, there's like Christmas bits of it, um, stuff that feels kind of festive.
2: Yeah, yeah bully, bully out of Christmas yeah. time.
4: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, there was Dead Rising Four. That was all Christmas themed, right? Yeah, and it was awful. It
3: was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> not, not great.
4: Uh, yeah,
1: I remember calling that the Dead Rising Holiday Special. Oh no! Just uh, see, clever. it Just wasn't good. Pause. Just pause my little round of applause there. Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars. Says we need offline play and physical releases. Remember, if a download isn't legally property, a pirated game can't legally be called stolen goods. Yeah, you go and argue that in a court of law. Yeah, yeah the that's true.
2: Here's the funny thing: is like that makes games closer to like food, and your dine and dashing is a thing. <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, I do agree. I've, even though I've I've strayed away from physical. Um. I always think it's a bummer when something like Alan Wake 2 comes out and doesn't have a physical version. Granted, now always... with so many day one updates, what is a physical version? Like
1: You can always make a physical version if you want one that bad. You know, burn it to a disc, uh, get an empty box, print out a cover. Mm-hmm. Well, they, like, like they Whoa. say,
2: uh, pirating. Yeah.
1: You just want to display it on a shelf. Then that yeah. are the options available. That's
3: true. Hmm.
1: Uh, Ryan Betts gives $5, says the game Soma had an AI CEO, and that turned out very badly for both the characters oh. and the plot in general, but I say we give it a shot.
2: Yeah, it's like the plot of Portal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I you know, Gabe fiction always, right. like, uh, turns it into this classic sci-fi lesson of, we should not have advanced. That was bad of us. We went too
3: far. I You know, AI will only be hostile if we let it be hostile. Uh, Humane Shield gives 4 99 US and says,
1: games need to focus on gameplay loop and not flashy game mechanics. Devolver digital type studios are needed. We need better than life and be done. Boy, that was all over the place. Better than life? What was that one? I think it's a reference to the Red Dwarf concept of uh, a VR game that just realises your every innermost subconscious desire in fantasy. and fantasy. I'm oh. not sure that's particularly practical as a target.
3: Oh, huh.
2: look at that.
4: I don't think uh, the focus on gameplay loop and not flashy game mechanics. I don't think those are necessarily separate. I would say the no, Portal, no that's what Portal is off. a combination of both of them right. Portal is a very flashy game mechanic, but also leads to a very yeah. good loop. Yeah, but
1: that you know those are tricky to come up with.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose they just mean the, like substance over spectacle, which yeah, sure.
4: Yeah, so. enough, you right? talked about in your cold deck yeah. about uh. Yeah, and four. you know something
1: like uh, Superliminal or Viewfinder could be uh, called a game with a flashy game mechanic that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: I'd say like For Spoken was hella flashy,
4: very flashy. Yeah, well, and, in the sense particles.
1: that you flashed a lot of magic around
4: with your magic hands.
2: Yeah, yeah, wasn't anything hands. crazy, but yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, Madewin, vac- oh, uh, sorry, Factor joined the tip jar. Thank you so much, Factor.
1: Oh, nice. Uh, Madowin Agentis gives ten Polish slotties and says, "Hey y'all, any of you ever played Drakengard?"
4: No, but I've watched so many video essays on it. Um, that Drakengard- the
1: pre- that was the precursor to Nier, wasn't it?
4: Correct. Yeah, and I believe Drakengard Three has one of several endings that is quite literally a uh, like canonical prequel to the uh, to the yeah. Nier games. Um, I've, yeah. They're they're apparently they they do not play very well. They do not hold up mechanically. Uh, but I've, I've watched essays on them. They're kind of fascinating. It reminds me of uh, when, when you think about early FromSoft games, your Kingsfield, your Echo Knights, to where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go back and play these, but I like knowing about them.
1: And then uh, Hjoth87 gives 50 Danish kroner and says, I just want a parent tap. Cuts all filler and gives a recap and briefing if you join after more than a week. Love Cyberpunk and Baldur's Gate 3, but they be long. What game did you guys
2: say had a recap function?
1: Uh there's a few. Uh there's yes. the Alone in the Dark reboot, also called Alone in the Dark Inferno, had a sort of TV style previously on flashback thing that would play every time you loaded a save. Huh. Yeah,
4: I think Final Fantasy 13 had it. 16 has like the active time lore thing to where you can kind of get caught up. Uh I'm playing uh I, so I didn't I really liked I'm going somewhere with this. I really liked the first two Pokemon games, Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Silver. And I didn't play another one until the Switch. I had a big gap where I didn't play any. And so I got this fancy 3DS that has all the 3DS games on it. And I'm not telling anyone where I got it because it's illegal. Um, But I wanted to play a Pokemon game. And so I'm playing Leaf Green, which came out for the GBA in 2004. And every time I load my game up, it has the last It shows like a quick uh, montage in black and white of the last four major things I did in the game. So I made it to this town, and then I talked to the uh, I beat this gym leader, and then I made it through this cave, and then I got to a dead end, because a Snorlax was sleeping. And then I get into the game and I'm like, this is this is great. Like, why don't more games just do this? This was very smart. Have things that are sort of like key moments, and it just shows you really quick clips of the last few you did. I like it. Thumbs up.
1: A superb owner gives $5 and says, how about we keep the shutting down of the solar studios, but instead of laying off the devs, they just split up into Dave the Diver sized teams. Well, yeah. that's what they're doing, a superb owner.
3: Yeah,
1: that's why. I mean, they're just doing it without, you know, the corporate mandate. They just decide independently to become Dave the diver teams. We need funding. Yeah, well, no system is perfect, is it? Okay. <laughs> A uh, bag of decks gives five dollars and says, "Just want to say thanks for all the years of laughs and to the AIN crew for introducing me to D and D. Been having a blast. Literally just exploded my character. Oh, exploded with such impact that you <laughs> lost the last letter of half your words." Bag of
4: Dex.
2: <laughs> um, uh, wild yeah, magic will do that too.
4: <laughs> yeah, wild magic will. Yeah, thank you so much. As a reminder, uh, we second win. Uh, Omar and Jack have the uh, full rights to adventurers nigh back. Oh uh, re-airing season three on a weekly basis uh episode two of season three will be airing this saturday uh every saturday until we get to the brand new episodes probably in february my math yeah works out. i'm yeah.
1: looking forward to seeing mortimer get his actual character arc finished yeah
4: and then as a reminder all the super chats uh over the next month or so are all going towards our our next funding goal of adventures night season mm. four on location this spring yeah, which-
1: which we'll be heading off
4: to record sooner rather than later. Yeah.
1: But yeah, probably bigger. Straight after season three's finished going out.
4: The idea is a bigger behind-the-scenes crew, so even better production budgets and, and quality and everything. So good shit.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, BS Marsh gives $5 and says, if you guys considered a tier above the Phoenix level? I know I would get it, and I'm others would as well. I'm sure others would as well. Also, hi, Toffee. Oh, Toffee.
2: What's, what's above a Phoenix? What's... Was a big God. bird? Just God's guy. God. The sky. God. Just,
4: just little. The sky
2: Patreon. Yeah, uh,
4: yeah. I think that's something uh, Nick has has uh, has considered. Um, I think we have to sort of now that we you know after the holiday break and we've had almost two ish months uh, down. I think it's it's we're going to be you know looking at our, our tiers, seeing what we can what we can tweak, what's reasonable, what we can add, that kind of stuff. We don't want to mm. we don't want to nickel and dime anyone. We want to make everything. uh, uh worth it um so we're, we're putting a lot of care in everything but we appreciate we it brought, we brought back the
1: get to dictate what game i review in the next slow period we sure we have. have that's
2: for phoenix tier oh okay Ooh, that's gonna be a big tournament bracket
4: yeah
1: yeah right. uh Hjort 87 gives 20 danish kroner and says marty tell me about skies of arcadia you're cute
2: i take it that's in the response to your retro review guys of
4: arcadia uh, was. was a game that was released for the sega dreamcast and then uh, remastered in skies of arcadia legend for the nintendo gamecube and has never been anywhere else uh, an incredible uh, uh, swashbuckling air pirate rpg from an internal team at sega uh wonderful characters uh Yassi, you might even like it because it is swashbuckling you are air pirates you are just pirates that soar through the air um well i do like a good swashing of the buckles it's true yeah.
2: is it the same yeah. without water
4: yeah, you even you you move your ship around the 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 world map. There are yeah. uh, not only uh, you know people will jump on your ship and there's sort of hand to hand battles, but there's also ship to ship battles, which are like cool and tactical. Um, really, really big adventure. Um, I, I really like it. There's also it has one of my favorite base building things. Like halfway through the game, you get stranded on a desert island, and then you start to make that your pirate fortress, and you recruit you like kind of like Suiciding, so you recruit characters from around the world. Like you'll meet a you'll meet a chef, and if you help his side quest, he'll come and become the chef for your pirate fortress, and then your character's like healing does more for your characters in battle and stuff, and uh the, the island grows and grows as you get new people. It's very cool. All right, old now. Save it for your <laughs> retro reviews. Nope, we're voting. That's what you're playing this summer. We already decided. Damn. <laughs> Arms and legs gives to
1: Canadian and says, how much money to get everyone in costume? Zero for Frost. I, I have a rule that I only put on costumes that, that uh, to the uninitiated party uh, looks like normal clothes. Like I what? dressed up in a James Sunderland from Silent Hill 2 costume once and very few people got it. And it, that was gratifying.
4: See. Did you just rub your face a bunch?
1: No, I, pu- I put a lot of effort into it. Actually, I like printed out pat- patches to put on an old green army jacket and everything.
2: My threshold's lower because I will go out in this. So
4: I bet you will. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. We'll do it. We'll. Do, I'll, I'll. We'll dress up Halloween. Would
2: provide you the. Co- Halloween you provide Halloween? the costume. I'll wear anything. Is the thing because this Marty, stuff gets expensive.
1: Would, if you had like Carte Blanche, what would you most want to cosplay as, Marty?
4: Danjo, the bear.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I want
4: what? an actual live bird in my backpack. <laughs> oh, God. Can I be the Riddler?
2: You can be hey, a Riddler. You could pull all shit be, trophies everywhere.
1: Yeah. I bet I could pull off the Riddler
4: pretty well. Yeah. You're kind of like a Riddler. Yeah. I'm really good at escape rooms. I bet the Riddler is. Building and playing.
1: There hmm. you go. Uh, lingus dingus. Gives $5. Says, glad to catch this one live. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas, analingus. And then John Connor gives 20 Canadian and says, will consumer rights get better or worse in the coming years in relation to Best Buy stroke Walmart saying they won't carry physical games and online libraries deleting games or denying access to owned game? Game certificates? Question uh, mark?
2: It'll get worse, and then it'll get better once they get sued. So Yeah, but, life is
1: eternally a sine wave. I mean, there will be ups and there will be downs. That's a best, shit best
2: version of Life is a Highway. <laughs> Ew.
4: I want to ride it. Oh, yeah. man, life
2: no. is a sine wave. <laughs> well, highways uh, are
4: pretty flat. Uh, just true. to get out of the cities. Uh, best Buy and Walmart, Um, I don't think they have any legal right or legal obligation to sell physical games, do they? No. Uh, well,
1: no one's got any legal obligation to sell anything.
4: Damn. You just, you just wrinkled my brain.
1: If it doesn't make financial sense to, sell, then they won't. Yeah, the
2: government would have to take it and say it's too big to fail. So,
1: Hunter (laughs) Roach gives a massive fifty U.S. dollars. Oh my gosh, Hunter! To say happy holidays to everyone at Second Wind. Looking forward to seeing what you do in the new year. Keep on being awesome. Will do,
4: Hunter. So many cool things. Happy holidays.
1: Uh, Lucky Seventh gives 30 shekels, and says, Now that you've used up your second wind, will you re-roll into a different class, or remain a fighter in the industry? Ah. Merry Christmases. Ah, D&D jokes. Locker oh. locker. Uh, Ken locker. Walter gives $5, and says, I know Yahtzee only believes in games with narrative, but party games are valid too. Who's giving me something to play with my eight-year-old besides Mario Kart? Well, you could always, you know, go out to the backyard and throw a ball around. Okay.
4: Asshole. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, Nintendo does give a lot. Uh, your Mario parties, your Mario wonders. Uh, Go to a park, push them in a swing.
2: Merry Christmas.
4: <laughs> party animals. That was a nice game we played. I feel like kids could enjoy party animals. That was a
2: cute game, yeah.
4: It takes two. S- teach your son about divorce.
2: Yeah. a swing
1: is- in my backyard that I push me, my kids in on occasion.
2: Me too, funny enough. I don't have kids.
1: That's weird.
2: No, it came with I the think-
4: house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are there like ghost children? Do you ever look at it? Now I, think
2: like so. I think so. I think everything, everything everything children related is scarier. Uh, in there's like
1: a house where I live that's got like a swing in the front yard. And during Halloween, they put like a, a corpse riding the swing. What?
3: Well, like
2: it's, a I fresh they, one? Or?
1: No, no, a fake one. But I think it's still up there. It's still up there for Christmas. The put a hat on corpse it. corpse <laughs> on a swing.
2: <laughs> like a fresh Santa one. hat on the corpse.
1: <laughs> huh? Uh, Smisk Audio gives two US dollars and says Toffee Cam
4: oh thank you so much Eric for providing people with Toffee Cam
1: Toffee's under my lap desk at the moment he likes burrowing into little tight spaces uh, Cree gives five dollars and says with this five dollars I fund you now dance, dance for your money, dance was
2: now Cree, <laughs>
1: our obligation is only to read out the words not to obey the commands within them,
2: give them a little perhaps jungle. you should
1: have read the small print
2: Give him a little white man jingle. Does
4: the
3: white?
4: (laughs) You got full screen for the white man jingle.
2: Oh, there it is. There you go. I I forgot what show I just watched. It's like God gave the white man this dance.
1: (laughs) That's far (laughs) too much vertical movement to be a white man dance. Damn.
2: That's
3: only horizontal.
1: Alavam Inc. gives ten dollars and says, "What breed is Toffee? Toffee is a Chihuahua mix. Just don't ask me what mixed with. Uh. We just uh, that was the best guest the shelter had. He was like five years old when we got him. Hmm. Uh, Plastic roses gives five dollars and says, "Happy holidays!" My spouse introduced me to you all. He hasn't stopped talking about Second Wind. Appreciate the content. Boy, he sounds like quite a Second Wind bag. Plastic roses.
4: Ah, I wanna, wanna. That was good. Tell your spouse <laughs> he's a, a real gem, a real, a real, a real superb. Yes. Big old. And that as well.
1: Uh, Dark Groove 86 gives 5 euros. Says Marty, were you good enough to beat Lies of P without using specters on boss fights?
4: Uh, I got about 45 minutes into Lies of P and then I quit.
1: So I was, was going to say You I, guys I, have I played way, way more cool. Lies of P than I have, so yeah, guys... I got way further than that. I
2: beat it, yeah.
4: Specters I'm assuming are like the, the spirit ashes, the summons. Yep.
3: Mm,
2: yeah. yeah. Did
4: you use Yeah, I do not recall them ever being
1: much help.
2: Oh no, they're good if you you get some fruit upgrades on them. But yeah, didn't use them okay. too much.
1: Uh, Gay Bear Bro Two gives ten dollars and says, with, "With Nintendo generally being the first to experiment with game tech, handhelds, motion gaming, etc., how likely do you think their next system might be a full dive VR system?"
2: Not at all. Uh, Nintendo weird. learned. I think Nintendo a learned a lesson.
1: They have resisted the VR pull thus far.
2: They're done with single player stuff. Uh because they're they're the family unit, the family console. That's the one that all the Latinos go for. Um and so VR, one helmet, I don't I don't think there's a draw for them.
4: I mean they have
1: I mean the big is a whole single player.
4: They had the Virtual Boy, they had hmm. the Labo. Um both Virtual Boy I would say was ahead of its time and bad. Yes. Labo, I would way, say, was, was way too ahead of its time. Was just bad. Um but yeah, I, do, I don't I do see Nintendo as being the one. That being said, anytime I try to predict what Nintendo does, they um, do something very different. So my prediction is that the the next Switch is going to be just a very similar to the current Switch, almost a Switch 2. But I'm probably wrong. Super Switch. I, I
2: can't even think of what it would look like. This is this biblically accurate oh. Switch.
4: Biblically accurate Switch. Like uh, designed
1: in in accordance with the design specifications of the Ark of the Covenant. Is that what you're yeah.
2: saying? Either That or or the angels with like all these eyes going. Fear not. Because yeah. if you've
1: read the Bible, if you've read the Bible, which I have, fleetingly. Too me, much. Yeah. Uh, it goes into surprising amount of depth as to the exact proportions of the Ark of the Covenant.
2: Yeah, and uh,
1: it's like a DIY guide.
2: It's like the fourth chapter called Numbers. It is just numbers. It's awful.
4: Yeah. Basically. Well, at least it is what it says it is. Yeah. Uh, and then Harry-son, thank you so much, in the tip jar. Appreciate you, Harry-son.
1: And, uh, Doran Grossman Naples gives $5 and says, There was a neat article called, Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny, about how a lot of media fetishizes the body while desexualizing it. I know, I've I made the point once in a review that there's a difference between sexualizing and, uh, having a character who's sexualized and a character who's sexual. As in, you could imagine them having sex as, it's, like, a regular part of their lives.
4: Marvel movies in a nutshell, sexualized yeah, but, but lacking any sex to speak of.
1: I think of uh, like JRPG anime girls. Right, there's a lot of anime girls that are basically just designed to cater to fetishes, but you could never imagine them actually having sex with anyone.
2: Yeah, I see what you mean. Huh. Huh.
1: Could you imagine Bayonetta having sex with someone?
2: Not, not having them survive after the fact, no. No, <laughs> no. Strikes me the that... type that eats after mating. Because
1: so. that's very clearly a game that's trying to be, you know, flamboyant and sort of sexually open with its like uh, fetishistic element. But still, the character doesn't strike me as someone who would actually have sex with someone.
2: Yeah, because it's like a hot, like a hot, hot art teacher going here. You are still sort of, you know, there's that separation. <laughs> yeah. Still, still maintain yeah. reverence to it. it. It hits in the the uh, fucking.
1: There probably have to be a lot of, you know destruction of the environment if she had to have sex with someone
2: it it hits the madonna whore complex yeah that's what it is boom
1: uh christian hansen gives 279 and says has internet fame changed your opinion of yourself well it's kind of had to christian hansen because i never used to think i had a decent sounding voice but you know people have hammered into me over the years that i do have a decent sounding voice even a decent sounding singing voice so I've just had to basically accept the fact that my voice sounds different in my head than it does to people listening to it.
2: It does, That's though, yeah. In
4: case of everyone,
2: right? Because it's coming yeah. like, you're hearing it through your own skull. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, but even when I'm listening to recordings of myself, I don't think my voice sounds that great.
2: No. Fair enough. What about you, so, Yeah, you know,
1: but, but, you know, everyone tells me, oh, boy, I love listening to this. People who like, aren't even trying to butter me up like people who like boy, my audio book and say like well i never heard of this author and i didn't thought the text was shit but the voice of recording was really good
2: uh you love that don't you? hey get out the way asshole with the nice sounding voice <laughs>
4: yeah yeah How
2: about yeah, you has your internet it, fame changed your opinion on you
4: no it's always like uh it's always humbling to occasionally uh meet someone who who recognizes me for the, my work i remember uh i went to milwaukee maybe it was like almost a year ago and uh i went to a bookstore that i used to like live by and i used to be in my regular bookstore and it was back when just yahtzee and i were doing slightly something else and the guy behind the counter was like oh my god i was watching your episode this morning while getting ready for work i really appreciate you guys and i was like oh that that's incredible that means the world to me like i don't know that's just it's really cool especially when it's just sort of a small fleeting thing like that it kind of Puts in perspective that uh, we make things that people enjoy and might get them through a shitty day, which mm. I think is cool.
2: Fine stuff, you know. I, uh, Felicia Day mistook me for Matt Mercer once. Uh, that's peak. <laughs> I've there's nothing anyone can say to me that will
1: There you top go. It. There you go. I haven't ah. met Felicia Day, but I once nearly met her. Uh, she was in Brisbane for like the local game convention, Supernova Pop Culture Convention. And uh, she just happened to be in my favorite bar at the time it was on. Uh, my favorite bar where I liked to sit at the bar and just drink and chat to people. But she was, like, surrounded by her fans, so uh, I just, like, avoided them and just sat at the bar and drank. And the bartender was going, hey, that's Felicia Day over there. And I was like, oh, how interesting. <laughs> and then she left. And then, on, and then I posted a tweet saying, hey, uh, that's funny. Felicia Day was just hanging out in my favorite bar. And she replied said, why didn't
2: you introduce yourself, you asshole? That see that's the thing there. It always if if one thing has changed is that I should have said something more. Yeah. I'm too I'm too nonchalant. Yeah. But then these people are like, oh, we were in the same location. We could have talked. It's like, oh, I, sh- I should have said something. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Oh well. Mm. <clears throat> yes. So anyway, uh, Yoshi Katoshi gives four ninety nine. And says, what do you all think of games that have unlockable characters with completely different mechanics, like Symphony of the Night or Lament of
2: Innocence? I love Uh, those spining of Isaac, getting Green Goblin after beating Spider-Man in the old Spider-Man games. I like a game that once you've beaten it, it unlocks a
1: way for you to just take the game apart. (laughs) uh, And that option with like uh, an alternative character with silly mechanics.
4: Yeah, and that's a great thing for the people who really love the game and want to replay it. Um And then at the same time, if you want to bounce off and play something else, you don't feel like you're missing too much. Good stuff. Mm. Uh,
1: Witticism gives $25 and says, Happy holidays, gents. I hope you all enjoy your time off. What games are you planning on playing during break, if any? I probably won't have time to play much. I'm going up to the mountains with the in-laws again.
2: Oh, nice. You going to ski in? No.
1: Probably just sit around like... uh, Looking out over the snowy scenery, drinking hot chocolate and being, you know, thoughtful. That's ambient. That's yeah. nice. Take your switch with you. Uh, I went skiing once and I fucking hated it. So yeah, never I remember again. That. <laughs>
4: go sledding. Let's go sledding. It's great. It's like skiing, but you get to sit down. I'd rather just
1: not be covered in horrible wet snow that makes me feel mm. cold and miserable
4: stuff. Yeah.
2: he's got a point there. Um uh, I me mean, right now on the duck if anything I'm I'm making a big list of all the games to be coming through in twenty twenty four. That way after New Year's I can just crank on those. So Cookie Cutter just came out. It's been looking neat. Oh yeah I started gonna, on that. Haven't gotten to play it yet.
4: We're gonna be streaming that uh tonight, six PM Central. Uh Casey, Ooh. Jesse and Jess gonna be
1: streaming. There you go. Maybe I'll play uh, some I'd, more of that. I did play through Sanabi
4: oh yeah he's oh, yeah. got a review of that coming up as well oh, bite
1: yeah. i quite liked it
4: yeah he was uh he he liked it uh, a lot too really liked the grapple hook mechanics and he thought the story actually came together well
1: nice. yeah i'd say so i don't know if i'd like be shadows of doubt excited and wanting to push it to everyone i heard but sure. i liked it
2: is is there early access
4: uh it's out isn't it so. yeah i think it's out yeah yeah I think you just meant shadows it out excited as in like not putting the yeah like rule, rule oh, okay. like rule breaking
2: breaking okay I figured it's like rule breaking exciting no. I was like oh okay yeah what about you Mark what are you doing over the holidays
4: uh my in terms of a game I haven't played that's on my list I need to sit down restart and fully play Alan Wake two so it just like it came out at just the worst fucking time when we when we changed jobs and I just haven't been in like a like headspace to like sit down and just like totally immerse myself in that so i'm gonna do that and then um in my current quest to replay everything final fantasy 7 adjacent i finished uh, the original and i'm going to be jumping into crisis core in dirge of cerberus soon Well, oh, dirge go of go cerberus
1: on. is really bad yes <laughs> um alan wake <laughs> 2 my recommendation for playing alan wake 2 is don't be one of those people who feels like they need to kill every monster just because uh, the combat mechanics are a thing Okay. Uh, if you just uh, disengage and avoid them where possible, you'll probably have a much more fun time.
4: Okay, great. I, had, I still have that mindset from replaying of the Silent Hill games, so I'll just continue that. There you go. <laughs>
1: um, the Chaos Card gives 199 and says, Have you talked about how one of the creators of Baldur's Gate 3 said they won't do season passes because they created a big game worth the money?
2: Quaint. Yeah. yeah, was it Game Pass? They like they don't want it on there. They want oh, to yeah. so buy it for the price that they uh, put it at. Good,
1: and then like um, the- God of War Ragnarok just gave out free DLC.
4: That's like a and really so the way every meaty bit, of, like a meaty story thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, and the way everyone, whenever that happens, everyone goes, "Boy, it's nice when they do that." So one would hope that would be uh, perhaps become a more common practice. Yeah, again. So it's not just chopping off bits of games and selling it back to us like it yeah. was for a while, because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's in- it's instant goodwill, isn't it? Like the Stardew Valley guy, just constantly putting out more content for his game.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's hard to uh, hate someone who does that for free.
3: Mm. Maybe he's hiding something.
1: Well, that's the that's the cancellation of an individual that I probably would never be able to cope with. <laughs> Eric Barone, don't get cancelled now. Yeah, I was about to
2: say, that's, that's his responsibility, not mine. you were the chosen mine. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Onwards. Bowie uh, velg or however you say that, Beautiful. gives $5 and says, we don't get holiday games anymore because the last one was so awful it killed an entire franchise. Dead Rising 4. Lamao.
4: Oh, RIP. I yeah, think
2: I remember that. getting that for free once, and I was like, "Why is it Christmas?" Because it was like during Games of Summer.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's why a... they don't. That's why they don't do holiday games anymore, isn't it? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <clears throat> we got to bring them back. Uh, Uber
1: Noob gives 1999 US dollars. Says, "Merry Christmas, all! Enjoy your time off next week." Great hoodie, Frost. Thank you, Thank you partner. You? And then Mark Davis gives 199 British pounds, the best kind of pounds. And says, have a lovely Christmas, gents. XO, XO, XO.
4: Aw, oh, thank you, Mark.
1: Hugs and kisses to you, too. Uh, Devin Ashton Brenner gives $10. Says, do you think that more studios might do free DLC, seeing how Good of War just came out of nowhere with its DLC, and as far as I can tell, warmly received? Ah, oh, didn't even know that was coming up.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yes, I think more, I think people are sitting up and noticing how it gets you instant free goodwill.
2: I think, it de- I think it depends, because from what I've heard, this is, like, so different from the main game, like, as far as, like, the actual mechanics. You wouldn't want to pay well, something like that? Well, it actually acknowledges God of War 1 to 3,
1: apparently. Very, very oh. much so. Uh,
3: yeah. Hmm. Neat. Uh,
1: Phil Myassup gives 50 Norwegian kroner, and says, how would you prefer your sequel made? One that improves upon existing mechanics or one that tries something new and daring? Uh, Well, both can be true. Fill my ass up, that's the wonderful thing about video games.
2: I'll take. But if you had to choose, uh, I would take <laughs> I'll take the first one.
1: Well, if it's but a you... sequel, then yeah, improve upon existing mechanics. If yeah. you're making something new and daring, just make it a new game.
2: What well, if it's like the third sequel?
4: I mean, I, uh, to bring back Metal Gear, I think Metal Gear does that. I think Metal Gear Solid 2 does both of those things very well. It improves uh, upon yeah. the mechanics of the original while doing something very daring that a lot of people did not like at the time, but has been... Uh, Looked back on fondly. Nice.
1: There you go. Uh, Hagaroth gives $10 and says, Have you heard of the Dralox creator? Seems like they're making an indie game in the background while writing out lore on their Discord. Might be cool to check out.
4: Okay. (laughs)
1: Dralox
4: creator. Oh, Dralox is the game. Creator is the first word of the next sentence.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Looks like little
4: creatures.
2: I'm not getting anything. You got a link?
4: Uh I just found like a a, a tweet or a, a Twitter account. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> putting it in the chat. Yeah. Uh it th- looks if this is the thing it looks like uh fish fishmen who fuck. Uh-oh. Oh. If this is the thing I'm thinking of, but if you look at these pictures it does look like fishmen who fuck.
1: Well, thank goodness someone's fucking.
4: See? If if humans are going to do it, then the fishmen will have to stand up. Uh and Eric Headley, uh welcome to the Green Gang. Thank you so much, Eric.
1: Fish don't actually f- fuck with, like, physical contact, though, do they? They just lay yeah. eggs, and then one these, of them jerks off over them. Is it? These ones do.
2: Cloakias, so...
4: Yeah, these ones look like they use probably their, their head tentacles, much like the avatars.
1: Okay, well, moving on. Oh. Uh, Raylin Pratt gives 20 Canadian dollars, and says, Been living the new Rogue Trader game. I'm just curious mm. if there's any related upcoming content you can tease. Enjoy
2: your break keep hearing uh, about rogue what? trader warhammer yeah yeah i ain't played it
4: yeah it it feels uh it's one of those games that's slightly out of a lot of our wheelhouses um also yeah. just came out very late in the year to when we're all sort of winding down for the rest of uh rest of the yeah. year i know people people have I, really liked it
1: i've got my review of avatar coming out this week and that's enough of this year for me thanks do they I'm do just... any
4: technical sex in that in that video game like in,
2: the in can you use yeah. your tentacle? Yeah, that's like a big thing in the movies. Yeah, they use their
4: braids to like...
2: Yeah, you plug into like trees
1: and uh, that's how you get upgrades.
2: Oh, interesting. Is it like a USB where it's like... Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you wrong, download upgrades Canadian from
1: them. the tree internet.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a pun there somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Paul... Uh, oh,
1: sorry, Mister One Fella guy gives five dollars and says, "Is anyone a fan of the Ogre Battle games?" It's a legit crime that Nintendo won't release Person of Lordly Caliber on the Switch. Uh, no, I've never played them.
4: I've, I've, I've played a little bit of like Ogre Battle '64 and Ogre Battle Tactics: Let Us Cling Together, uh, and then I know they released Tactics Ogre, a new one on Switch and PC, or maybe just Switch. Uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never dabbled too far into them.
2: I know my fans love them though. Did these used to be on arcade cabinets? Ogre Battle? Yeah. yeah, I feel like I was in a bowling alley and they had this in there.
4: Yeah, Ogre Battle was like Final Fantasy Tactics. Those would be weird games in the arcade. Maybe you're thinking of uh, Gauntlet? Maybe, yeah. Has yeah, a bunch of like half-naked dudes hanging out.
2: That'll do
1: you. Yeah. Uh, Paul gives $2 and says, Marty, can you give me your best Nick impression?
4: Oh, God uh i'm nick calandra editor-in-chief of second wind uh halo uh dvd uh tin sets mountain dew hockey your band
2: blu-ray please give us money
4: love blu-rays i love blu-rays it's a big
1: one and you scream like a girl in scary games oh
4: i love i love getting i love a spook them up
2: and
1: these nuts
3: (laughs) these nuts
4: loves these nuts as well
1: uh Cree gives two dollars and says two dollar clarification it's pronounced cry maybe you should have read (laughs) that before i read it out his name there sorry cry (laughs) doom rider gives five dollars and says thoughts on teaming up with dropout as fellow thriving corpo survivors Ooh,
4: dropout was um the college humor i believe oh yeah college humor folks that did a similar thing i know uh oh college
1: dropout i see
4: uh yeah, very clever girl. Uh, I think Nick might have modeled some things after. Oh. After after that, or was taking, a, or was keeping an eye on them in terms of like how they how they did something that was similar to what we did.
1: Well, okay then. Yeah, I think there's quite a few uh, corporate survivors uh, making yeah, it these days, yeah. and I fear there's only going to be more. Can't yep, all yep, cross yep. over with each other. There'd never be enough time in the day. Uh, Hunter is tired gives nine ninety nine and says, Just wanted to say you all are doing an incredible job with Second Wind. Can't wait to see what great things you bring to us in the future. Hope you all have a wonderful day.
4: Oh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Hunter is tired. Then Humane Shield comes with $1.99 and says, Feck, girls, DRINK! <laughs> Which is a reference to the Irish sitcom Father Ted. Mm,
3: Classic. For those
1: interested I've, in I've seen it, there.
2: but I don't remember that. Who makes that? That's Who makes Father that Jack.
1: Right? Father Jack just can, can only communicate by yelling feck girls That's, and drink.
3: Yeah.
2: God, it's been a while since I've seen Father Ted.
1: Uh, beneath 1111 gives 100 Swedish krona and says, Idea the Yahtzee tries. Write random game name on paper sheets, spread them on floor, put dog treats, and see what toffee will go for first. Also, Frost Dance gave an angel wings. I fear the problem with that method beneath one 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 is that it will be biased towards whichever one was closest to Toffee's face.
2: It's a practical dog. Huh?
1: Yes, and he loves his uh, little treats. Uh, he loves. I when he's in the kitchen, he loves licking the floor all over where the babies sit. Uh, ah, yeah. like he doesn't even there doesn't even need to be treats there anymore. He just instantly beelines there and starts licking the floor.
3: Phantom treats.
1: Just refreshing the page again, because they keep flooding in.
4: Oh, we're almost out uh, of the
1: ca- end. Captain President gives ten US dollars and says, Merch idea, t-shirt with Marty's face, captioned, Don't mix your meats.
4: It's true, we should not mix our meats. There's a we story. We as a society need to have single meat meals.
1: There is nothing wrong with mixing mates. Turf and turf and all that. No, would, pie.
2: Do you think you'd go for surf and turf if it didn't rhyme yet? I feel like that's most of its buying power.
1: <laughs> I generally don't like seafood, so I, w- I wouldn't get it anyway. There we go. Yeah, see, stick with
4: the turf. <laughs> I like I like all meats. I just, we just need them. We need to keep, gotta keep them separated. The offspring. This is a weird hill you keep dying on. I don't keep dying on it. I just mentioned it once and then everyone keeps bringing it up and I'm being persecuted for my beliefs. This is I true. It's not it's Marty into,
2: doesn't bring it up. We we do it for him.
4: You yeah. ever
1: had barbecue takeout? You just order some chai tip and some pulled pork and uh maybe some
4: chicken. Oh, I eat on meat on the clatter. same place. Yeah. One meat, many sides.
2: Wait, what if oh. one meat and then get several what, sides? What what if multiple meat but same animal? So you've got like pork chops and links you get that okay
4: it has to be the exact i have to they have to have a certificate that it was the same physical animal
2: this is its
4: its ass its belly it's okay
1: (laughs) so you'd be fine with eating uh beef with uh jello on the side
3: yeah as long as it's from that same cow
1: (laughs) interesting all right then uh cry thank you for telling me how to pronounce your name gives five dollars and says yahtzee do you find that being a maker of games affects your ability to enjoy games since you know how the sausage is made so to speak
4: Speaking of meat, sauce? well
1: it does in the sense that sometimes i'll play an indie game i really like and start thinking you asshole i wish i'd thought of that
2: mm-hmm. oh that's gonna suck
3: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
2: Ooh,
1: because often you play something that's such a simple idea that makes you th- and you think yourself oh i could have done that do you have an example of that? If, I don't know, Mussolina maybe? No. Such a simple concept and yet nobody had done it. Oh, you swine. Oh, you... You rascals. Beautiful swine. Uh, Onyx Alchemist gives $10 and says, Phoenix Tear here. Just wanted to say thanks for the coverage of World of Horror. I've been buying friends copies for years and it's nice to see it getting more attention now that it's out of early access. Yeah. I yeah, played borders, that.
4: World of Horror is... It's, it's really it's, cool.
1: It's that sort of Junji Ito-style, roguelike thing.
4: One-bit, two-bit game. Uh, what makes it a rogue? Runs. Like, you end a run, and then you kind of redo it. Yeah. You know, like, you're, you're, you're meant to get better at the game as you... Uh, runs okay. are relatively short, and you can fail runs, and,
3: yeah. Interesting.
4: Um, but yeah, it's great stuff.
1: It's very uh, story-focused. Yeah, one Wait. of the rare
4: games. It's on Switch and it's on Steam, and it is way better on PC because that game needs a mouse interface. It- <laughs> and on Switch it is kind of bunk trying to. Do is, it- with
2: it. is it proper runs or is it time loop?
4: It is proper run. So uh, ostensibly, to get through the game, you need to like complete five quests that sure. are pulled from like a pool of like something like 30 or 40, that have some random elements to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you need to complete all five quests within a certain amount of time, sort of like the day, to finish the game proper. But then you learn things about the quests so that the next times you do them, it's it's easier and stuff. So, oh, that's cool.
2: can eat.
1: eat. Doran Grossman Naples gives $5. It says, Oh, and for the record, as someone who ate Papa Murphy's every Thursday for eight years straight, it is terrible pizza.
4: Just <laughs> Oh, what it just wow. Wow, <laughs> We didn't say anything, we didn't bring it up this time. This is like the
2: meat mixing and the incest, and mine's gonna be Papa Murphy's. Where I'm like, yeah. I like what you like, I just find the, the, the business idea a bit odd, but yeah, yeah, like what you like.
1: Uh, what a contentious topic this continues to be. Uh, pirate Captain Jack gives five dollars and says, going to put more hours into Baldur's Gate three. I know I am over the holidays. See, Probably I'm not. tempted,
2: I'm actually I'm like, I'm real tempted, but like the download alone
1: i think um i've been uh playing Talos principle 2 to finish off all the optional puzzles Mm. in my spare time still fun still fun as long as i'm listening to a podcast while i do it yeah i like puzzles what's wrong with that
3: yeah puzzles are great
1: uh unshaven dylan gives five dollars says thanks yards for calling me a windbag i talk about second wind non-stop been in the community since day one happy to continue to support second wind ah the world's, other side of that argument world's well, that greatest windbag <laughs> that's that's what all our fans are now they are windbags windbags nice <laughs> thanks for the money windbags And finally, Snake in the Garden gives five euros and says, forget meat mixing.
4: Marty, please tell the class
1: your shirt buttoning philosophy. Go I on. What is all buttons?
4: about? I, uh, where do you start when you when you are going to button up a shirt? Where do you start? Up. From the top. Like, which button? You start from the top? From first frost, one. Where do you start?
2: Top, first one. Yeah.
4: I start in the middle, and more often than not, I get it wrong. <laughs> then several buttons down, I've realized I'm not aligned. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. that's
1: the issue with starting in the middle. I don't know what got you started on that habit. But
4: it, fe- it feels much better.
2: See, I used it to. Really I, how much better it feels. I used like to do that. The I've, I've converted because that kept happening when I was like, ah, oh, I got a janky shirt. No, I'm just an idiot. But how
4: the problem does it feel is,
1: better to button from the middle and to better. the top?
4: It feels it's, better because when you get it right, that that is a thrill that cannot be replicated. Yeah, do you feels, feel good about getting to the end of buttoning your shirt?
3: You get to no. do it twice. One time,
4: one time out of five, I feel great. I'm like, I'm a well, fucking I feel,
1: I feel warmer <laughs> after I finished buttoning up my shirt. If that's what you mean. Yeah, no,
4: I, 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 used, I used to do that, but, you know. Loki's wager says, what's wrong with him? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, because it's not like anyone's going to start from the bottom. And, and being Hispanic and I used to wear, like, plaid shirts, you get that little cholo moment. So I was like, maybe I should.
4: Yeah. There was like a wrestlers in WCW who just had the top, top one button. They might have been Conan.
2: Those are cholos.
4: Yeah. That was great. If was they great. only
2: buttoned the top.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He was great.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, Eric, uh, member for one month. Eric, our producer. Uh, used his one month member chat to say, for my happy birthday, HBD. I ate an
4: apple cake with Pikmin 4 decor. HBD. H- oh my oh, god! It's oh, a man. cake with Pikmin. Did you take a picture? Can we Apple see cake. Picture? Also, Argentinian barbecue. That sounds incredible. All oh, sounds uh, incredible. you ever had? Um, is it Brazilian barbecue
1: where, where you,
4: you like shave it off the, the sword or whatever? And they
1: keep bringing you in meat until you tell them to stop. You'd yeah. hate it with your mixed meat problem.
2: Wait, they what? Ooh,
1: you know, a Brazilian restaurant, like a Brazilian barbecue restaurant. You basically you sit at a table and you've got like a little. A token on the table that's right. like a green light and if you flip it over it's a red light and as long as it's on the green light people keep coming to your table with like meat on skewers and says would you like some of this and you say yes sir and they keep doing that until you turn your token over to indicate you are full
2: I take that as a, as a challenge I'd sign a DNF or a DNR because I'm going <laughs> to go into a coma <laughs> that's beautiful
4: Yeah, Foga de chow, that's the the big chain version of that.
2: Never had one. I grew up on a farm. Oh, that'd be great.
1: Uh, Snake in the Garden gives two euros and says, you know your sicko squad loves you, Marty. Sicko squad. Um, And then Mary Mello gives five dollars and says, here for FYI, got lots of Papa Murphy's growing up. It was the only pizza you could get from a restaurant on food stamps because it wasn't
4: pre-cooked. See,
2: that's that was the thing. The detail that, we didn't know about. Yeah, that that's the thing. There, someone said, I think it was Monday, who said Little Caesars shouldn't be bullied because the guy like helped Rosa Parks and all this kind of stuff. And I go, yeah. someone's ethics I do not take into account when I'm talking about the taste of the food. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Great right. that they're doing the food stamp thing. Yeah, I, I'm not taking any of that into account.
4: <laughs> no, that is always I mean, funny. The yeah. Little Caesars thing is where like the 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 owner, or the CEO of of Little Caesars, uh. B- Quietly paid Rosa Parks's rent until the day she died, and never yeah. made a big deal out of it. And I'm like, that is amazing. Your pizza still tastes like cardboard.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was more dickish yeah. when that was brought up to me because they're like, yeah. he helped Rosa Parks. I'm like, she, she should have helped him make a better pizza. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. They
3: should have <laughs> hired her. Or something.
2: Them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. Gandhi,
1: oh, terrible cook. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like rice uh, gruel. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, that, that's all the super chats. Let's start wrapping things up before any more come in, because I gotta go get my lunch and shit. Thanks for you listening let's... to this, the Windbreaker Podcast. Uh, I was yet. Oh fuck off, Raziel. <laughs> Raziel gives. Oh, not, 500, do
4: not fuck off there. That is a wonderful <laughs> donation.
1: Gives five hundred PLNs and says, "Here's a token from me. So you keep bringing us the meat. You are all wonderful." Oh Thank my god,
4: Raziel! We're gonna mix. We're gonna mix the meat. You're gonna have so much meat. You're gonna. You're gonna choke on us. Wait, what?
1: Anyway, yes. Uh, Martin Sliver and Sebastian Drews were here too. We were. And we've got. Uh, we haven't quite finished our content for the current year. We're uh, going. We're off work as of the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, off from the 23rd onwards. Until then, we've got shit coming out pretty much every day. I've got my uh, fully ramblematic review of Avatar coming out on Wednesday. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, and I will be streaming something that day for Yahtzee tries. Haven't decided what.
3: Mm-hmm. We'll do two-player I mean, two, two house flipper.
1: Nick suggested House Flipper, but I've been playing that solidly since it came out, so mm. no uh, fresh perspectives on that, I'm afraid. What about okay. Cookie
4: Cookie Clicker? What's the name of that
1: game? <laughs> cookie Cutter, cookie, cookie Clicker. New Cookie Cutter
4: and Cookie Clicker.
1: Oh, Cookie Cutter, yeah. Oh my God, well, I started, it it, but I didn't really. Working. I started, but I didn't really connect. So yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah,
4: yeah. we well, Cookie well, Clicker. I, oh. Okay. Cookie Cutter, yes. There it is, there it is. <laughs> so you need two games, the other one could be Cookie Clicker, who knows? Oh, <coughs>
1: um, yes, and uh, I've got a semi-Ramblamatic coming out on Thursday as well, which will be on the subject of endings, fittingly, for the end of the year. And then I will be featured uh, as one of the cast members in Adventure is Nigh, that, uh, the latest episode of which will be out on Saturday, before we all go off on break. What are the? do you guys got to show for yourself?
4: Um, oh, what got for us? For us, you just had a video go up a few hours ago.
2: Sad, a big oh, old yeah. cold take. Come out a bit of investigative journalism. Nick Calandra and myself covering the going ons in the day before. It's a good old stuff. And then, as you said, we're not going to be doing much. But you get to start the new year with a, another cold take, talking about uh, the permanence paradox: how our games should be able to last for eternity, or they could just be gone tomorrow. So.
3: Yep.
4: It's a bummer. And
2: um, that should be it for me, I believe.
4: Cool. And then yeah, uh in about an hour, uh Darren's new backdrop will be going up uh on Rebel Moon, the latest film by Zachary Snyder, the oh, Justice League himself. It's it has the lowest uh rotten tomato score of any movie in his career, which is saying something. Really? Uh so, so Darren's <laughs> Darren's video on that will be going up. Uh later tonight, like I mentioned, over on the live channel. Uh, Casey, Jesse, and Jess will be playing the aforementioned Cookie Cruncher. Um That's never <laughs> I'm never gonna learn the name of that game. I'm never gonna learn the name of that game. Six p.m. Central. I toss a link in there over on the live channel. Uh go hang out with them and support them. And then yeah, we'll have stuff uh, throughout the week. We'll have a new bite size tomorrow, um, new design delve on Friday, um, streams tomorrow. Uh oh, are you you guys are doing the 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 stream six thing tomorrow? Oh that's yeah 3pm oh, Three, 3 central yeah we we'll, we'll figure that out but yeah we're, oh, but we're big we're, announcement yeah yeah we're, we'll be figuring that out the details but that should be mostly on Twitch um
2: yeah yeah it's so, going to be a massive event for everybody to come on, on and get some free shit oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah.
4: so uh 3pm central uh tomorrow we'll have the full details but that should be uh YouTube Nick and Jamate, I believe playing games that hundreds of people in the community can play uh, at the same mm. time so we'll be showing off that Stream 6 stuff, which is very cool. Um, tomorrow Amazing. evening, we'll have the Firelink podcast on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, because on Wednesday, Nick is going to be on the Min Max Trivia Show.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Normal
4: time. Yeah. And then uh, Thursday, uh, we'll be we'll be closing out the year. Uh, Casey and I will be doing some more Devil May Cry 2, which, uh, spoilers, is, is bad. Okay.
2: Did you cry? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: You know, that type of cookie cutter, I have to concentrate when I say it, because I have this one of the quirks of my accent is that I'm stuck between the north of England and the south of England, so I sometimes mess up my ooze. Sometimes I say book it when I'm trying to say
2: bucket. Cheese Jeez, man. But if I wasn't
1: concentrating, I'd say cookie cutter. Which okay. doesn't yeah, sound that right sound at all.
2: Actual Burmese, yeah. <laughs> You're not that's from not the great. black country, are you?
1: Yeah. Or I'd say cucky cutter, and that's kucky. a different thing altogether.
4: It's a game I'd play. See what's going on over there.
1: Cookie cutter it's having the having the two in the same title yeah messes me up
2: <laughs> lovely all right
1: anyway uh that'll be it from us then toffee's staring at me so yeah yes oh my god oh yeah, yeah okay. that toffee yes yeah. all right okay see you all next time
4: bye everyone bye. Have a great holiday thank you all so much great